This is a content warning. We are having a conversation today about menopause. It is not suitable for children. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Davis Page, your host, and this is part two of a very important conversation that we had last week about menopause. We're here in the studio today with Dr. Ariana Schultz Douglas, who has written a uh, a wonderful book filled with information about menopause called The Menopause Myth. And we are also in studio today with Zaza Simone Brown, who has been suffering with with menopause for a few years now. And we're figuring that Dr. Ariana is the only one that can really help her. If you listened last week, you um, were able to um, to try and understand what's going on, and, and Dr. Ariana is trying to clear it up, and I'm suggesting that Zaza get to the Tula Wellness Center to uh, let Dr. Ariana take a look at what what's wrong and how she can possibly fix it. So welcome back to Boom Goddess Radio. Dr. Ariana, thank you so very much um, for all the information that you gave us in part one. Zaza, tell us about other questions, other concerns that you might have about this menopause journey that you're on? Well, I'd like to really know what affects all of the transition with the hot flashes and the moods and everything is having on my body. Um, I would think that because it's it seems to me I'm being shocked from one intense heat to a extreme an extreme cold and I don't know what it's doing to me will that make me sick is it something I need to worry about because my head is always wet so I'm always having to wrap it or wear a hat to bed some nights just to catch the sweat I'm noticing if I wear certain fabrics um to bed instead of me being wet and cold it'll kind of pull the the sweat from me so I've, I'm learning different things that I've I can do to give myself some comfort throughout the night but I'm just wondering what effect is it really having on my body because I, I'm noticing I am putting on weight since I started the estrogen patch and even with exercise I'm not seeing any any change in that yeah um so Interestingly, there's it's actually not a study that's out yet, but it was an abstract that was presented at the Northern American uh, Menopause Society. And what they found and this this was data that just came out actually last month. But what they found was that women who have a higher um, the increased incidence in hot flashes, um, they actually have an increased risk for cardiovascular disease. And so they're seeing that that connection. And we, we know in general, as women age, that their risk for cardiovascular disease increases. Um, it's the number one killer of women, um, more than breast cancer. So um, what I would say in terms of the severity of your hot flashes, especially those that persist, and that's what they found is that those women who had persistent hot flashes, that they were almost 80 times or 80% more likely uh, to have increased uh, cardiovascular events. So I would say first and foremost, we want to really get a good idea of what's going on with your cardiovascular health and try to mitigate any issues that might be worsened. Um, and they're not sure even with the study that is it just a correlation or is it causal? So that's that's still the jury's still out on it. But 
the first thing that comes to mind is making sure we're aware of what's going on, you know, cardiovascular wise. Um, the um, other things that are happening to your body um, health wise, um, the the weight gain um, could be a result of the estrogen, but it could also be um, there. Uh, and there could be some things that are going on with your thyroid. Um, there could be um, things uh, just in terms of water retention. Um, but overall, um, hormones generally um for a lot of women don't necessarily cause weight gain for some women when they do take estrogen, they do notice that and you're, you're taking a fairly high dose. So there's probably some more probably water retention that you're having as well. But again, in your case, um, I think there are just so many other issues that aren't completely explained. I would want to look and, and dig a little bit deeper, but, um, for starters, I want to look at your thyroid, um, function and your adrenal function and look at your hormone levels. It's interesting that you would say that because in 2013, I had a partial thyroidectomy ah. and I've never been on any type of medication or anything since I've had that. And was it because it was high or was it low? Was it high functioning thyroid or low functioning? Well, I, I had a cyst mm -hmm. that had grown on my thyroid. And when they opened it up to remove that one, there was a smaller um, a smaller cyst behind it. But... They never said that they needed to do anything else. They said because they didn't remove the whole thyroid, I wouldn't have to be on any medication. Had they taken but, the whole thing, they said I would be on medication for the rest of my life and so on. But they didn't do that. But do you know if the, what kind of symptoms did you have before they took that cyst? So the symptom I had was I was having trouble breathing. I had no idea anything was going on with my throat. Um, I went into the dentist for a dental procedure and while he had my mouth open he noticed I was gagging and so he says well Jaja how long have you had that I said how long have I had what he said this lump in your throat I said well I never noticed it well I had been having my thyroid checked every year because of my mother's past medical history with her thyroid and did she have high thyroid or low thyroid, was she? I have no idea. Okay, so before you go on, because I don't want to miss no Hashimoto's though. She did have. She Hashimoto's. didn't. No, we 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 checked for that. Okay, so Hashimoto's is basically low functioning thyroid with the autoimmune um, cause of it. So, but so there's two things I want to just before I forget. Number one is like your. That's a whole chapter I put in the book, and it's really about thyroid and how it is one of the most underdiagnosed, undiagnosed diseases, especially in women. I, again, that's like my second passion. Um, and both of these things, menopause and thyroid, they all kind of converge mm. for a lot of women, especially in the late 40s and 50s. And so the thyroid can start going haywire. Your sex, all of these hormones are talking to each other and affecting each other. So the, that's, again, why I said, you know, you may have an underlying thyroid issue that would cause the same symptoms of all the sweating that you're having. So if they're not checking your thyroid, then they're, they might be completely missing the boat on that. And so um, I've, again, had patients, they come in the office and they say, 
I, I, we go, oh, we do the whole thyroid dance. And then they said, yeah, they checked my thyroid and they said it was normal. And so the first thing I always want to point out is that there's a, the con, there's what conventional doctors that practice conventional medicine, um, kind of what their range of thyroid function is, is what's acceptable. And then there's what I am and other like naturopath, the holistic um, docs do, which is more functional medicine approach. So we have a different threshold. So it's a huge, I mean, I can't even tell you. I had the personal experience myself of going through hypothyroidism for years and really wondering what was wrong with me because I had all the symptoms, but my labs, according to conventional standards, were normal. So, but it wasn't until I finally just kind of had to get out of that conventional care box and and seek care elsewhere that I finally got diagnosed. And so that's why it's kind of my second passion. So I think we're on, maybe be on to some things. I don't know. I know they've been checking your thyroid, but that's definitely something that I want to look at. And then the other thing I want to point out is, um, this is also what happens, is that a lot of patients, yourself, um, and, and most of my patients that come in, They'll say this like that. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe I had this. Maybe I had that. The number one thing I would definitely advocate is that you are 100% clear on every single test you have and exactly what the doctors are thinking, exactly what your labs are. You should always get a copy of your labs. And then if you have, for example, a thyroid problem, the main lab we look at there would be your TSH. So you should know okay, this is what my TSH, this is what my TSH is over the years. And I talk about this idea that patients need to be empowered. They need to know because, um, and again, I know I don't want to sound like I'm knocking conventional medicine, but at the end of the day, I'm knocking conventional medicine because, um, you should not really, you cannot look at your doctor, um, anymore. Maybe, I don't know if you ever could to, to really be that one person that's going to figure you out and, and save the day. Like you have to really figure this out. You have to Google it. You got to do all of those things and really look at trends and do research. And it, I know it can be a lot, but at the end of the day, if you have a thyroid condition, you should know 100% what your family history is and any anything you should always know because those are going to give you the clues to what's ultimately going to happen to you. So it's really important. You know, a lot of people think that we go to the doctor and we do everything that the doctor tells us to do, whether whether we think it's the right thing or not. And and you're absolutely right. You really do have to pay attention to your body and because you're the only one that's going to pay the price if something if something goes wrong can uh, sh- as Zaza is sitting here and she's I can see the misery on her on her face can 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 this be fixed can can you help her well like I said the first thing I really want to do is look at her labs sure. I mean I have all kind of ideas of what's going on but I want to know like when was the last time your thyroid was checked when was the last time your thyroid was checked after the hysterectomy oh in 2000 in, in- Oh my 15 God. Yeah. and they did a T4 and something else. Yeah. But that's what they no. would do Your every thyroid year. thyroid should have been checked. You should have, you should, I mean, yeah. So I don't know, it may not be thyroid, but um, there's just, when you have this severe, severe of a presentation of something, you have to be able to think, okay, maybe this isn't exactly what I'm thinking. What are the other reasons that could cause her to be sweating like this. Do you feel like you get anxiety, palpitations, um, and just kind of feeling of nervousness 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's thyroid. And so I've, I've been tracking it like contractions. So I may have one at 1014. It'll last to 1026. The next one will come at 1047. That'll last to 1058. Oh my goodness. So sometimes I'll just sit and just profusely sweat for 14 minutes straight. Yeah. Just pouring. Yeah. Do you notice that your heart rate is high at any point? Yes, because I check my blood pressure every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I'm going through it, it's a, it's a, I can feel it. It's it starts to well up and then I can feel myself saying, Okay, you know, hold on, you know, it's 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 coming, just yeah. relax, trying to blow through it. But I, I, I feel all of those. Yeah. All of those emotions. And yeah. So again, I don't know. I said it that's thyroid, but I, I honestly I, I don't know what exactly it is, but there's just a lot of other areas that I wanna look into. Did you ever experience um well your mom had thyroid disease, but did do you know what kind of medication she took? Do you know if she took None. Uh, None. Oh. She refuses to take anything. She oh, okay. she will not take anything. Um, what I noticed with her, with her thi thyroid, her weight would fluctuate. Mm -hmm. So sometimes she would blow up and then she's a regular size, maybe five. But she would be a size 14 mm -hmm. at some times. And then other times you she'd just be... Yeah. That's so there normal. so there could be, like I said, some underlying thyroid issue that, for example, you can have certain thyroid diseases where you kind of go back and forth between hypothyroid and hyperthyroid. Um, it's not the most typical. But again, um, I, I think there's more to your picture than just the menopause. But it is um, interesting that you have that family history. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, again, where I would start. Um, and I'm glad we got to talk about both the menopause and the thyroid because there's a lot of overlap between um, hypothyroidism, low-functioning thyroid, and menopause. So hypothyroidism, you can have weight gain, um, difficulty like processing information and cognition. Um, you can have hair loss um, and um, constipation, depression. Um, so, and that really does overlap with a lot of the menopausal symptoms as well. Well, you have a lot of the answers to a lot of Zaza's questions in your book, The uh, Menopause Myth. And we are going to um, take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to um, talk more about what's in the menopause myth. This is a content warning. We are having a conversation today about menopause. It is not suitable for children. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome back to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Davis Page uh, in the studio with Dr. Ariana Shows Douglas, the author of The Menopause Myth, and our guest Zaza Simone Brown, who has been suffering terribly with, with this menopause. And Dr. Ariana is going to help her. I'm putting it out there that you're going to help.
helper. Uh, Zaza, you're going to have to go to the Tula Wellness Center uh, and let Dr. Ariana kind of run all the tests that need to be run because I hate that you are suffering like that. Dr. Ariana, what are you thinking that you want her to do? What's, what's her next step? So our listeners that, that are really listening and maybe have the same problems and symptoms and that maybe they're not fortunate enough to have you um, in, in their city, but what do you want Zaza to do? Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, I think we definitely need to draw some blood work. There's, there's, I'm not convinced that this is all menopausal and that's just a very, her symptoms are kind of classic menopausal, but at the same time, they're more severe. And so again, you need to look at other causes. So I would draw labs, um, specifically looking at thyroid. I look at her hormones, but I'd also want to do some tests to look at her adrenal function if she's over kind of excreting some um, things that, again, can cause some of the same symptoms. Um, and then um, we talked a little bit on the break about her diet. I want to know what's going on there. Um, sounds like you are eating fairly healthy from what I can tell, no processed foods. Um, do you um, have, do you eat gluten regularly? No, I don't. I try to eat as much as I can without gluten. Mm -hmm. I don't eat any red meat. I don't drink any red wine. I don't eat white rice. I don't do any of the white foods, no bread, no corn. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very conscious of how I eat. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I, I I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink soda or any of those other things. So I'm I'm trying to put into me what I what I feel needs to be in. Right. But it's still not. Did you make those choices, those know. food choices, because you you were eating it and it made you feel bad, or did you just make a decision to go on a on a, a plant based diet? No, I've always been conscious of of how I eat, but even more so with the symptoms. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll try something more extreme, mm -hmm. take something else out, and mm -hmm. maybe that will help. But no. But that's not to say that if a woman is drinking red wine and having a steak every once in a while, that she's going to have a problem, right? <laughs> Come on, work with you me wish, here. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> no, um, at the end of the day, um, for some people, the red wine, um, red meat, certain things can definitely be triggers. So mm -hmm. like for me, um, I noticed that red wine was a big trigger. Um, and I just really for a while there, I mean, I could not drink it. And it it really devastated me because I was like, oh, my God, how much longer am I like really the rest of my life? I can't drink this. Does that mean we can do white wine? We're, we're, no, it's no. sugar. Red wine. Okay, sugar. Um, okay. Yeah, it's the sugar, really. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the alcohol is definitely a, a component, too. But um, but what I did find is that I could actually drink vodka um, without <laughs> as much of, a, of the hot flashes. I still got them, mm. but so I kind of converted. Uh, but now I'm noticing um, that I can drink more uh, red wine without a problem. But I used to just take a sip and then I would be like, Phew. Um, and so I just said, well, let's just up the estrogen so we can eat what we <laughs> want to eat. But no, um, it sounds like she has a pretty good, a pretty good diet. And yeah, we're always going to fall off a wagon sometimes and have sugar but a lot of people their their trigger is sugar some people it's just gluten i mean it's amazing what can really make the body respond in ways that you would have never expected but that's only through this menopause season nope. right nope nope 
I was, nope. I was hoping you were nope. going to say. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, that <laughs> because I'm a Louisiana girl and I love I love some white rice and I'd love some uh, some vodka. So I, I I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> I, but um, I am um, wanting to tell our listeners that Dr. Ariana and Zaza are going to get together. Zaza is going to go to the Tula Tula Wellness Center and have a complete checkup and. At some point, we are going to uh, let all of our listeners know how you guys are doing. We'll track you and see how how you're doing. I like that. Because I'd like to see a smile on your face the next time we get together. Um, Dr. Ariana, in your book, uh, Appendix B, 10-Day Symptom Tracker, I like that. Can you read what you've written um, to our listeners about the 10-Day Tracker? I like that. Sure. Um, so um, you would, in the 10-day symptom tracker, record the date and the day of your menstrual cycle if you are still having cycles. List how well you slept the night prior and rate your energy level upon arising. What kind of mood have you been in most of the day? What symptoms are you experiencing? Fatigue, irritability, headache, nasal congestion, constipation, difficulty concentrating. List all the food and beverages consumed. And on a scale of 1 to 10... What is your stress level and what's stressing you the most today? Finally, what did you do to bring joy to your day or list what self-care looked like? So um, it's basically just a grid and all of the um, things that I mentioned are here. And the purpose of this really was for people to start to just get some awareness around their cycle, for them to get awareness of the food. So, for example, that's why I included food in this because maybe in my situation, um, this is why I feel so passionate really about the food elimination diet is because um, somebody uh, over 10, 15 years ago put me on this diet and um, they also took out nightshades, um, tomatoes specifically. And at that point I was living back East. I had a tomato garden and I was just like, for real, you want me to like not eat tomatoes? And I'm thinking it's a vegetable or fruit, whatever mm. you want to call it. And I love them. I ate them all the time. Yeah. I love spaghetti. So I took everything out and then I put the tomatoes first back in. Cause you take it out for at least a month. And I woke up the next day with my body hurt. I felt like somebody had just run over me with a Mack truck. I had a headache. I just, every I could feel every joint in my body. So um, nightshades for certain people, I have an autoimmune condition. And so nightshades really aren't my friend. And I would have never made that connection though, between the tomatoes that I ate at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday mm -hmm. and how I felt when I woke up on Tuesday morning. So I like this idea because we can really start to look at, okay, this is where I am in my cycle. This is how much sleep I'm getting and the quality. And so when we look at all these things, we can really start to find patterns. Um, and then the joy part I left here is because oftentimes we really don't um, spend that time to make sure that we're doing self-care, doing something that brings us joy. So um, it's really almost just a reminder um, that, oh, what did I do for joy today? Tell our listeners where they can find the menopause myth. So the menopause myth is available at all the major book venues, including Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. Um, and it's also available on my website, uh, drariana.com. That's Dr. Ariana, A-R-I-A-N-N-A.com. And tell us about 
tell our listeners about the Tula Wellness Center here in Tucson, Arizona. So I opened the Tula Wellness Center um, about six years ago, and um, we have grown a lot. We started out just doing more integrative uh, medicine, or I started out. It was just me and one other person, and now um, it's grown a lot. We do everything from um, just gynecology to aesthetics. So I have a uh, full-time estheticians, laser tech. Um, We do body sculpting, including cool sculpting. Um, We do IV therapy. Um, I have a nurse practitioner that specializes in um, functional medicine and um, she's really great with supplements and IV therapy and um, yeah it's pretty much a one-stop shop now for women Um, I call it the Disneyland for women because (laughs) you really can come and get just about everything you want as a grown woman Um, especially the aesthetics and the aesthetics kind of came about because I realized that women really They want to feel good, but they really want to look good, too. And you can't feel good when you don't really look so good. And that's more of a mental thing. I'm not saying you can't feel good. But at the end of the day, if you're looking in the mirror and you're not happy um, or you're just not happy with your overall body image, um, then that that affects us. So um, the aesthetics part is really just to help uplift women. Um, And as we're aging, we're losing collagen and things are happening. So I'm kind of there to just explain what the anti-aging things are that we can do and just help you, you know, keep it juicy. What about the men? Uh oh. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about them for oh, a few minutes. I didn't even talk about the main thing I do actually, <laughs> which is vaginal rejuvenation. That's a big part of the practice. So, um, vaginal rejuvenation is basically just restoring vaginal health in women, especially in perimenopause and menopause. So, they may have symptoms like vaginal dryness, pain with intercourse, um, even urinary incontinence. So, I spend a lot of time treating women for that. And so, as an offshoot of that, what happened was women were really getting tuned up. They're like, yeah, what can you do for my husband now? And I'm like, uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> go somewhere. Um, but we actually started doing some treatments for male erectile dysfunction. So um, I actually have probably see just as many men as I see women, um, which is surprising to me. But um, it's a great therapy. It's called Gaines Wave. And uh, it's kind of revolutionary. It uses uh, sound waves to restore blood supply and to get rid of blockages in uh, erectile tissue. And so men um, cannot have to take Viagra or um, not have to rely so much on other ways to keep it moving. Are most of your male clients husbands of your female clients? They are not. Um, sometimes women, um, they'll bring their boyfriends in. Um, but typically the men, they just come in on their own um, and... Uh, I would say small percentage are at this point are from my patients. It's men want to get that situation taken care of. So if they go to your website, if the men go to your website, you'll yes. have all the information that will invite them into the Tula Wellness Center? Absolutely. And that website actually is TulaWellnessMD.com. So I have two websites. One okay. is the Dr. Ariana, which is really just focuses on the menopause myth and women and kind of what I'm trying to uh, focus on in that area. And then the Tula Wellness MD really is, yeah, that's where you see all of the stuff that we're doing. So are the guys, uh, when they come to you initially, are they a little reluctant or are they just anxious to get get 
the information that's necessary to get them started again? Yeah, I would say the majority of them are a little reluctant. I mean, you know, it's not a topic that most men want to talk about. Men are less, they're, they're not as excited to talk about this as women are. Women, for example, get vaginal rejuvenation and they'll tell their girlfriends mm-hmm. and it's a party and right. hey, men are like, you know, there's, it's all on the down low. And so, but we make them feel really comfortable um, and it's very professional. And so at the end of the day, by the time they have their treatments, they're just like one of the girls. We're good. Then it's it's all good. I have a dear friend who came to to you to get uh, vaginal rejuvenation, and she's been singing your praises all over town. She's just thrilled that um, that she was able to come to you and that you were able to fix her. I cannot thank you ladies enough for coming and spending this important hour with us. Uh, Dr. Ariana, thank you so very much. Uh, Dr. Ariana's book is called The Menopause Myth, and you can pick it up on her website, right? DrAriana.com. DrAriana.com. And Zaza, we want to thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. Uh, And I want to thank all of our listeners. For more information, visit our website, BoomGoddessRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.